1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: From the G Family Performance Center here in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And the Thunder continue to streak. They are now winners of six straight. Last night knocking off the Cleveland Cavaliers by the final score of 95-86. Wasn't always pretty. We'll take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly from that game. Plus, if you were one of those fans that wanted Billy Donovan to have his players back more, to challenge the refs more, you're getting it now. And you saw that on display at the end of the first quarter last night when Nerlens Noel picked up a foul, Billy Donovan ended up picking up a tech. We'll talk about Billy feeling himself a little bit more, getting a little bit more comfortable in his own skin and, and more comfortable challenging the refs. We'll discuss that in the first segment today. In segment number two, Hamadou Diallo continues to impress, played only 13 minutes last night, but definitely made his presence known on the court. Uh, Plus, there was a guy playing for Cleveland last night that I thought was going to be incredible in the NBA, but he only got his first start last night, and I guess there's still time for Colin Sexton to be incredible, but I'll eat a little crow on Colin Sexton because I thought he was going to be better than Trey Young, and at this point, it doesn't look like that's the case, but what about Hamadou Diallo? What does that do to a guy like Alex Sabrinas' future? And speaking of Alex Abrines, coming up in segment number three, you now have a 10-game sample size to really judge the Oklahoma City Thunder. And around here, I don't give out grades because I'm not a teacher. My parents were teachers. I'm not a teacher, and I always got really nervous when it came time to give out grades. Even if I had been working my butt off in a class I hated when grades came out because I just always had this really sickening feeling in my stomach that no matter what I did, it wasn't going to be good enough. So instead of doing that and playing further into my anxieties and I don't know, maybe yours to some extent, if you got nervous around grades, we're going to give a stock report for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I will tell you whether or not it is a good time to buy stock in the Oklahoma City Thunder for what they've accomplished here in the first part of the season. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name's Eric G. If you don't know who I am, I work for 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Also, News Radio 1000 KTOK. I've covered the Thunder now for five seasons. We started season sixth. Um, the first Sunday of this year, the first home home game of this year when the Kings were in town, and we're just going to keep on going. And hopefully you like what you hear with the Locked on Thunder podcast. And if you do, I would ask you to subscribe at Apple iTunes or just go to LockedOnThunder.com or even LockedOnPodcast.com. You can subscribe there. Check out all the other podcasts from the Locked on Podcast Network as we are your team every day And we're the number one local podcast network. We uh, crank out daily content. It's local experts on the biggest stories. And I even host another podcast called Locked On Sooners, which is available uh, via those same outlets. So please check that out. Plus, we have video and audio from players and coaches that we will post throughout the year as well. Thunder now winners of six games in a row after knocking off the Cleveland Cavaliers 95-86 last night. Dennis Schroeder having a monster night from a scoring standpoint. You couldn't have asked any more from Dennis Schroeder. 28 points going 11 of 19 from the field. Six of eight from the charity stripe last night. And with the way that the the Thunder shoot free throws or don't shoot free throws, that makes you an MVP candidate for this team. I would have, however... Like to have seen the guy playing point guard get more than zero assists last night. That has to improve just a bit because you need to still get your teammates involved. As much as we want to talk about positionless basketball and guys are score-first point guards, you still got to do better than zero assists, but Schroeder came out And for the most part, did exactly what he was supposed to do, leading Oklahoma City Thunder to a win as far as Raymond Felton goes. Gets 14 quality minutes last night. Doesn't score a lot. Uh, You're not going to see a lot of what Raymond Felton did show up in the numbers, but the dirty work was still there. And if you listen to the broadcast, um, Nick Callow was talking last night about how Raymond Felton is sort of being Yoda to the Luke Skywalker or, yeah, or the Obi-Wan of Dennis Schroeder. And it is Raymond Felton who was guiding Dennis Schroeder, telling him how to how to play with this team, where the guys are going to be, how to become a, a much better player than what he already is. So that important role that Billy Donovan had talked about with Dennis Schroeder is not only spilling over to the court, but that important role with Raymond Felton, Raymond Felton is doing a good job of making sure that Dennis Schroeder knows what he's doing and and how to get better as a point guard. So that's one game. That's one game that Dennis Schroeder has done really well in, at least from a scoring standpoint. Now let's see what he gives us tonight when the Houston Rockets are in town and when they bring Carmelo Anthony into the Oklahoma City, which we've got to talk about tonight. Um, and I completely forgot about in the setup, but we are definitely going to talk about Carmelo Anthony and what reception that I think Carmelo Anthony will get from Oklahoma City Thunder fans. Um, other things that were good last night, Steven Adams was his typical self grabbing 13 rebounds. I thought Jeremy Grant was outstanding last night. Paul George still cannot seem to find his three-point stroke. Um, I'm all right with with him hitting mid-range jumpers. But Paul George is the only shooter Oklahoma City has, and he needs to start hitting from beyond the arc. And right now, he's shooting below his career average from three. And that's going to be a problem as this season goes on because when you start to face the golden states of the world and teams that are a lot better and they're going to challenge you from three, right now the Thunder just don't have a way to keep up if Paul George isn't hitting those shots. And it's a little scary to think, that maybe he's lost his touch. Now, I expect him to get some of it back as the year goes on, but looking for that shooter, looking for that guy that can either come in and compliment Paul George or take the pressure off Paul George, that's big. That's why guys like Patrick Patterson have got to start getting into more of a rhythm than what they're in right now in shooting. That's why Alex Abrines needs to be consistent because as it stands now, this team shooting threes they're not going to win a lot of games if they're if they're forced to take a lot of threes. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Also, something that we've got to talk about from last night. Um, and this, this I would qualify, you know, the the ugly would be from shooting from three last night. In fact, if you just look at the Thunder as a team, uh, and again, I'm not an overall stats guy, but uh, looking Thunder 7 of 27 from beyond the arc last night. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, definitely ugly. 18 of 26 from three throws. It's almost 70%. Um, Sure, why not? We'll take that. Um, But one thing that I thought was absolutely fabulous last night with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I can't compliment Billy Donovan enough on this, and right now I've got people looking this up for me. Yes, I had to have people look it up because I couldn't find this on my own. Not that I've got some crack research staff because I don't. This is pretty much a one-man operation. But Billy Donovan, I would I am willing to bet that Billy Donovan has gotten more technical fouls in the first few games this year than maybe he's gotten during his entire time as a coach in the NBA. And I love this because Billy Donovan is showing that he's willing to stand up for his players, especially on the court. And last night when Nerland's Noel got called for that foul at the end of the end of the first quarter, you saw Billy run over to the scorers table. You saw him get in the ref's face. And the words that's BS come out of come out of Billy's mouth. Or he says that's a BS call. And he gets tech he gets the T and Mo Cheeks is pushing him back. But Billy is feeling himself. He's more willing to challenge the refs now. And I guess what, your fourth year into the NBA, you're going to be more willing to challenge the refs because you know them a little bit better. You know you know what guys buttons to you know which guys you can push around you know which guys will you can bend a little bit and maybe get them to call things your way you know who to work you know what buttons to push and for the players what it's showing the players right now if you're Billy Donovan it's showing or what it's showing the players if you're Billy Donovan is that here's a guy that's going to have my back that when I get a foul and I decide that I'm going to say something to the refs then he's going to step in, one, to save me and not get me kicked out of a game, but two, he's going to work it to my advantage so maybe I start getting those calls. And where Billy Donovan, I think, needs to be a little bit more forceful with the referees is on the calls that Paul George is getting because Paul George is extremely frustrated this year with the way games are being called, and he finds himself in foul trouble, and he's having a hard time adjusting to the new rules. So Billy's going to have to to manipulate a little bit there. Also with Billy being a little bit more critical of this team. So you're starting to see maybe the respect factor from the players to Billy Donovan, I would say, is going up this year. One, because of time served and his opportunity to get to know players a little bit better. But two, he just keeps proving that he's a really good NBA coach. And I don't know how anyone could argue anything other than that. Um, We were talking at the beginning of the year, is his message still getting through to the players? Well, we're going to touch on that coming up in segment number three. There's another tease for you. I still think the message is getting through to the players, but what Billy Donovan and every coach has to be cognizant of is changing that message every so often and knowing how to coach your players and deal with them on a more personal manner and seeing how they have changed, then you get the opportunity to rework your message so guys continue to buy in. But uh, I love it. I love it when Billy Donovan gets a technical foul because that just shows me that he is hes going to be the guy. He's going to be an advocate for his players, and ultimately, you need that to succeed in the association. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next here on LOT. Hamadou Diallo continues to impress. So what does that mean for the future of Alex Sabrinas? We discuss.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date.
0: This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. We also have Locked On Sooners as well. You can get both of those at LockedOnPodcast.com. That is LockedOnPodcast.com. Your team, every day, home of the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, all of the Locked On Podcasts are on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Alexa, and Apple iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please do rate us five stars. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G. Hamadou Diallo last night, only playing 13 minutes for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but it was a very impactful 13 minutes as he goes three of seven from the floor and gets eight points. Man, I'm reading a lot of stats today. But I thought where Diallo really made his presence known was defensively. Last night, that guy was all over the floor. He was wreaking havoc on just about everybody that was playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he just keeps showing his he just keeps showing how great he is athletically. I want to see him get more moments. It's not that 13 is bad, I understand he's a rookie. There's a lot to learn, and every time Billy Donovan is asked about Hamadou Diallo, he always talks about how Hami is progressing, and Hami was a guy that that did miss one walkthrough this year, and he's still learning the game. But if you're going to if you're going to make this guy a future backup two guard or a future starting two guard, which certainly he looks like he's got the athletic ability to to be, then you can start putting him in more minutes. And I'm all for letting a guy crash and burn, letting a guy get in, see what the toll of playing a lot of NBA minutes is like versus limiting his minutes. Because I don't think you're going to destroy a guy like Hamadou Diallo's confidence. He's he's too good to get destroyed, and I think he understands that every game that he goes out, he is not going to set the world on fire. Now, what that means for Alex Abrines is, one... Alex Sabrenas needs to be more consistent and last night Alex Sabrenas did not have a good night shooting at all. Played all right defense but didn't have a good night shooting. And you can't fix a guy's inconsistencies. The best thing you can do is keep giving the guy's keep giving a guy minutes, keep thinking that he'll shoot himself out of it. If Alex is defense continues to improve, then Billy Donovan is going to give him every opportunity to go out and show that he can be more than just a one-dimensional player which plays good defense and then every few nights can rip off 25 points or 15 points or whatever. So he's going to have his opportunities, but if he can't make the most of those opportunities, you've got a really good insurance policy in Hamadou Diallo that the discussion has to be there between Sam Presti and Billy Donovan right now about what this guy's future is and how many minutes you want him to play and whether or not you feel like Alex Abrinas is a guy worth re-signing. Abrinas is going to be a restricted free agent this year. And I think you have a limit. You have a limit about what you are willing to pay Alex Abrinas this season or next season and and for the, the years beyond. And if he goes out and finds somebody willing to pay more than what you think he's worth, then don't match it. Let him go, and if Alex Sabrinas happens to do what a lot of Thunder fans or a lot of Thunder players have done throughout their career, which is go get better someplace else, fine, because this dude sitting on the bench right now, this rookie, I have ultimate confidence that he is going to be one hell of a player in the NBA when all is said and done. Another guy that was a hell of a player in the NBA at one point was Carmelo Anthony, and he comes back into town tonight. And I fully expect the fans here in Oklahoma City to give Carmelo Anthony a very warm greeting. I would think that he gets a standing ovation. And there's an appreciation for Carmelo Anthony that the Oklahoma City Thunder fans have won. Carmelo Anthony's been very complimentary of the fans. He's been very complimentary of the city and very complimentary of the organization on his way out. Even though Carmelo Anthony was not happy with his role here, in the in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization, he doesn't go on and rip them. It just didn't work out. And he's willing to say that it didn't work out. But by all accounts, him, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook still get along. They seem to be good friends. It just it, it wasn't the right fit. And because he has been so gracious and because he was such a great interview and fans got an opportunity to know Carmelo Anthony through the stuff that he would say in the media scrum, they're going to treat him well when he comes back. Plus, just the sheer... The other thing that plays into this, the Thunder making a trade for Carmelo Anthony in a lot of ways legitimized this organization. This When when Carmelo Anthony came to Oklahoma City, even though the Thunder had already been to an NBA Finals, even though they had already drafted and produced stars like James Harden and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, When you trade for a guy like Carmelo Anthony and he waives his no trade clause to come to Oklahoma City, it puts that seal of approval on a team that you can't get by building your organization through the draft. Now, your organization may be good. It may produce at a high level like the Thunder have. But when a guy says, yeah, I'm willing to go play there, Because I see the value in playing there, especially when you're a small market, then all of a sudden, your team gets a whole different world view. And people start looking at them differently as far as what the Thunder can be and how they can be taken. And I think because Carmelo Anthony is very respected by most players in the NBA, I don't know that it necessarily helps Oklahoma City be that free agent destination that we want them to be so bad. But I do believe that Carmelo Anthony is a great spokesperson and he's so respected that when guys decide when guys get traded to Oklahoma city, or even if they're considering Oklahoma city, he's going to be one of the first guys they call because they know that Carmelo Anthony didn't like his role here, but he said good things and they feel he'll be honest. And I think Carmelo Anthony ultimately becomes a very good recruiter for this, but uh, for fans, it gave you that superstar that came from the outside, and that that really is that that is the marking of a true professional organization now is can you get a star from the outside, some guy that you didn't develop that wants to play here, Carmelo Anthony fits that bill. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Coming up, how to judge the Thunder after 10 games, and should you buy stock in this team? You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G and Locked on Sooners will drop later this afternoon. Please listen to that and uh, subscribe to both podcasts at Apple iTunes or at LockedOnPodcast.com. And for more episodes of LockedOnThunder.com or Locked on Thunder, just go to LockedOnThunder.com. You can tell I'm not I'm not always the smoothest of podcasters and broadcasters, but uh, hey, man, I'm all right with it. I, I know what I hey I know what I am. I'm enjoying this. I'm having fun, and I hope you're having fun too. Breaking news: Abdul Nader has uh, just been assigned to the Oklahoma City Blue. One of the many times that you're gonna go, you're gonna see him go down and come back up, and we'll get that press release. Uh, there's, there's a lot of guys that have been through that, and uh, that's Abdul Nader assigned to the Oklahoma City Blue, but expect him to keep making that trip from the Cox Center across the street to uh, Chesapeake Energy Arena quite a bit. Let's judge the Thunder now. Okay, so you want to buy stock in the Oklahoma City Thunder. You've got your money. You want to invest in them because you believe that something big is going to happen this year. Well, there's no better time to invest in the Oklahoma City Thunder than right now at 6-4 and because you can still get them for a very good price. You're not going to have to pay high price for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Is it higher than what it was at 0-4? Yes, but it's still not a stock that a lot of people are going to sit on and go, yeah, that's high dollar value. And it's going to be a sneaky stock. It'll be one of those probably about mid-February you look up and go, oh my God, how much would I pay for this now? So yes, invest your money in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Your sports money needs to go there. The problem with Oklahoma City, when you look at this 10-game sample size that, that you have now to really judge them, is that there's still a work in progress. And I didn't think that I was gonna have to say that this year. Because there are and look, there are some mitigating circumstances that that go along with this. One, you've got Russell Westbrook who's set out for three games now, maybe sitting out four if he doesn't play tonight against the Houston Rockets. Two. Everybody on this team, for the exception of Steven Adams, has been wildly inconsistent this year. Now, one guy I'll give a break to is Raymond Felton because he hasn't had a whole lot of minutes on the floor. But Dennis Schroeder, guy looked great in preseason. He's been inconsistent now. Alex Sabrinas continues to be a streaky shooter. Hamadou Diallo is a rookie. You have to sort of take that into consideration as well. Patrick Patterson starter this year, did not look good starting. He looks more comfortable coming off the bench, but even last night was not a great night shooting for him. And the list just goes on from there when you're talking about this team. Terrence Ferguson, everybody shows signs. Jeremy Grant, fantastic night last night. And I think having him in that starting role is is great from a defensive standpoint. But everybody on this team is showing signs of what they can be. But nobody has really taken that next step to do it on a game-in, game-out basis for the exception of Steven Adams. And for as great as Steven Adams is and for as consistent as he is, it's also time for Steven Adams to start taking that next step in his game where just about every night he's getting a double-double and he's getting close to that start adding a little range to the game. Start showing he can be a little bit more offensively, which goes back into that whole idea of Stephen Adams being the most underappreciated guy in the National Basketball Association. But that's how you judge them. They're still a work in progress at 6-4. and four. They're still streaky. And until they can show pretty much that you've got a core of guys, whether it's Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, uh, Jeremy Grant, Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, whoever. I mean, you need three or four guys night in, night out that you know for sure what you're going to get. And right now, there's only one guy we can say that about, and that's Adams. Everybody else, we come in kind of speculating, and it's, throw, it's that throwing darts at the dartboard, not knowing who's going to show up, who's not going to show up night in, night out. And maybe last night was the start of something big for Dennis Schroeder. Maybe we see him get more consistent. Maybe Raymond Felton getting the minutes that he's gotten will start developing into that guy for as long as he is playing those minutes. There's still a long ways to go in this season, but after 10 games, six and four, yes, you buy stock, buy stock now because you can get it low. But just know that it may take a bit on that stock for it to pay the dividends that you're looking for. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. That wraps it up for us today. Thunder and Rockets tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about that. Plus, we'll look ahead to the game with the Dallas Mavericks and talk about why aren't the Mavericks a bigger rival for the Oklahoma City Thunder? I don't know a single Thunder fan that likes the Mavericks. I think the word hate is probably too strong for Dallas. Maybe hate Mark Cuban, but certainly not like the Dallas Mavericks. But why hasn't this materialized the way that maybe it should? It's all coming up here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. And until tomorrow, everybody love everybody in peace, love, and thunder up.
1: You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.